Welcome everybody to Equipping the Body. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're going to continue walking word by word through Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And last time we looked at this book, we left off with verse number 7. So just as is our method, we are going to pick up in verse number 8. Paul writes this, For you were once in darkness. Okay, so he's speaking to the saved folks of the church of Ephesus, those who have been converted by the gospel. He said, you were once in darkness, past tense, okay, past tense, not now, but previously. Everyone, and listen, everyone who has been saved, who has been redeemed, who has repented and received the gospel at one time was lost. Nobody was born a Christian, now, I've heard people make that statement, and that scares me to death because that means they've never seen themselves lost, and you cannot be found until you see yourself lost. They say, well, you know, I was born a Christian. There's never been a time where I didn't have a relationship with God. I had a lady tell me that one time, and I'm sorry, but that is not biblical. All have sinned, Paul said in the book of Romans, and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Okay, so... Everybody was in darkness at one time or another. Uh, nobody can say, well, I've always been right with God, because then you're making a statement that, that your righteousness is inherent and is not imputed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's just false. Uh, in other words, we're all sinners, okay? And so he says, you were once in darkness. Now remember, the dark and light are always used as as metaphors um, for morality and wickedness, for sin and righteousness. Darkness is always used in the scripture. Um, shouldn't say always used. Sometimes used literal to describe the absence of light. But when it's used in a spiritual sense, it is meant to be a metaphor for sin, evilness, wickedness, uh, debauchery. Uh, unrighteousness, bad, to put it in plain English. And then light represents purity, holiness, righteousness, the things that are good, okay? Hence why we call Jesus the light of the world, and we reference the light of the gospel. John said in him, speaking of God, there is light and no darkness at all. Okay, so keep that in mind, and that'll help you understand what Paul's trying to say. Since you were once in darkness, so if we know darkness is a representation of sin, wickedness, bad, okay, so he said you were once in a bad way, you were a sinner, you were lost, okay, but now you are light, you're righteous, you are correct, you are morally pure, but, but don't miss this, in the Lord, it's not of yourself, Okay, it's not you got saved and now you don't sin anymore. Okay, that's that's not the that's you should sin less, but you are not sinless. Okay, your righteousness does not come from you; it comes from being in the Lord. Notice what he said. But now you are light in the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are the righteousness of God through Christ. It is not the labors of my hands. 
as Augustus' top lady wrote, can, can fulfill thy law's demand. Nothing in my hand I bring, he wrote, simply to thy cross I cling. Our righteousness is imputed to us by Christ on the basis of his death on the cross. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. And I don't want to go too far in the weeds, but so he's saying, you were lost, now you're saved. All right, walk as children of light. Walk. Now, the word walk here is used as, as, as a metaphor of how we live. Okay, your walk, how you live your life day in and out, your walk of life. He said, walk how? As children of light. You're God's children. In other words, put this in plain English, he says, you're God's children, act like it. Behave like it. Live your life in a way that reflects that you are in fact a child of God. And let me say this. If you are a child of God, you will live your life in a way that acts. Now, again, not perfect. We're not talking about perfection. Rather, we're describing a change of direction. The Holy Spirit is working in those who are saved to conform them to the image of Christ, and He will complete the good work that He has started. And so, you're allowed the world. Walk, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit, the proof that the Holy Spirit lives in you is goodness, righteousness. All these things that are good. And we know that talks about the fruit of the Spirit elsewhere in Scripture, peace, patience, love, joy. All these things should be evident in your life in some measure, okay? And they should be growing. Growth is evidence of life. So if you claim to be a follower of Christ, but your life looks no different than it did 10 years ago, I'm here to tell you on the authority of Scripture, something's wrong, and it's not the gospel, it's you. Uh, things that are different are not the same. People that are saved act saved, uh, and it's measured by the change of direction in life, not perfection, but rather the perfecting, the ongoing work of sanctification or life. As you the years go by and you walk with Jesus Christ, if you're saved, you should look more like Jesus, not less like Jesus, or not the same. There's no such thing as staying the same. Okay. And so, he said, so, finding out, discovering what is acceptable to the Lord. Why? Because these things are acceptable to the Lord. Okay. When we live righteously, that is pleasing Word accepting would mean pleasing. It's pleasing to the Lord. So we should walk in a way that pleases the Lord. Well, how can we walk in a way that pleases the Lord? By walking in the light. By observing the commandments and instructions of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus tell the disciples in the book of John? If you love me, keep my commandments. And so when we seek to pursue Christ in the way we live, we are now living a life that is acceptable, that is pleasing, that brings honor to God. Okay, so that's what's at play here in verses 8 and 9. Now we're going to verse, uh, excuse me, 8, 9, and 10. Now we're going to verse 11. He says, and ha so the opposite. So, so do this, don't do this. Okay, so that's what's going on here. Very practical theology. 
and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We should not have fellowship with the things of darkness. We should not incorporate the things of sin and the workers of iniquity in our lives. Um, we should not have fellowship. We should not have uh, spend time with these things or places and or people in some, in some certain circumstance, but rather expose them. We're to expose the works of darkness. We're in this world to proclaim that Jesus is right and everything else is wrong. That the wages of sin is death. We're to expose the works of darkness. And it's a fundamental misunderstanding today that we were saved uh, and that we should keep our faith in Christ to ourselves and keep our mouth shut. And uh, I love I love hearing this. Don't get into politics. Ladies and gentlemen, we're to dominate every aspect of the culture. Uh, we're not to stay out of politics so we don't make anybody mad. Jesus got so much involved in politics that he got crucified. <laughs> uh, Paul got so much into politics that the emperor, a.k.a. the politician, cut his head off. We're to expose the works of darkness by calling evil, evil, and good, good, and always doing according to the word of God. That's how we're to walk in this world. Now, expose them. Why? Because it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. In secret. So many things that are evil in this world are often done in secret. Um, they are done in a deceptive way. For example, Planned Parenthood deceivingly portrays itself as a women's health organization. But in reality, when abortion was regulated or in some places outlawed, all these Planned Parenthood places shut down. Why? Because they weren't pursuing women's health. They were slaughtering children. And once you took away their ability to slaughter children, they had no other way to fund themselves. And the, the irony of that is that all these Christian health centers that are free, by the way, that do offer medicine, that do offer uh, medical help, that do offer uh, financial assistance, the same people that claim to be pro-women's health are burning these places down and spray painting them. So was it ever about women's health or was it about slaughtering children? Again, have no fellowship with the works of darkness. These things are done in secret. They're done by deception. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were to walk into my office, and I'm in my office right now, I'm in my office in beautiful Ennery, South Carolina at Cedar Shells Baptist Church. If you were to walk into my office and, and the light was off, you would not see how unorganized and dirty my office is. Now, when I say dirty, I, I don't mean there's uh, old food and dead bugs in the floor. What I mean is um, my office is extremely unorganized. I thrive in chaos. There are commentaries and books thrown all over the place. There are sermon manuscripts thrown all over the place. Uh, there are coffee cups everywhere. Um, 
man, this is just me, okay? But if you were to walk in here and turn off the light, you would not see the dirt, the disarray of my office. However, once you flip the light switch, it all becomes clear. The disorganized, the dirtiness of my office. And ladies and gentlemen, as we are in Christ in this world, we should live in a way that our lives expose darkness around us. Not only with our words, but with our walks. It's this reason that oftentimes Christians simply by existing will be accused by pagans as being judgmental. It's because our very presence convicts them because the Holy Spirit in us is a reproof to those in sin. And that's not our fault. That's our job. We're to expose the works of darkness because our light should be shining among them. Did not Jesus say, send us out as sheep among wolves? We're not going out here hurting people. But we're living a life of Christian morality and it exposes the darkness. The best way to expose darkness is to turn the light on. That's what Paul's speaking of here. These, the, our, in other words, friends, the gospel's not just the job of the pastor, it's the job of the believer. Our lives should reflect the reality of the gospel. Darkness. Again, a metaphor for sin, evil, wickedness. And then he goes on to quote what appears to be a hymn of that time. He says, therefore, he says in verse 14, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, not only are we to walk in light, should we live our lives in a way that reflects Christian morality, that reflects that our lives are standardized and are... Uh, how should I say, regulated by the rule and authority of the Scripture. In other words, that we are a bondservant of Christ and not the culture. We should also walk in a way that is wise. We should have some wisdom in this evil and wicked day. Now, where does wisdom start? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Where can we garner wisdom from? Not only where does it start, but the starting place is also the source. James said, if, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Okay. You cannot be wise without going to the source of wisdom, which is God. And we don't have to guess. We don't have to sit and cross our legs and close our eyes and hum. In, in the Eastern mystical way, we have God's wisdom to man as revealed in Scripture. God did not leave us blind. Rather, He gave us the law and the prophets. He gave us the apostles. He gave us the revelation of John, and all of this is wrapped up in what we call the Bible. And so to be wise, you must go to the source of wisdom, which is the God of the Word, but you cannot get it without the Word of God. 
And so he says, see then you walk circumspectly or wisely, but not, not as fools, but as wise. Be careful, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The time in which we live is evil, and it's short, and it's passing, and it's fleeting. And so we should be careful. We should be wise. And, and, and I believe what Paul is trying to drive home here is we should make the best use of our time by being filled with the Holy Spirit and walking according to the Holy Word. Well, where'd you get that from? Well, because we don't ever take one verse of Scripture and hang our doctrine on. We take it in context. Keep reading. He says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So clearly, uh, Paul's idea of wisdom is that you understand the will of the Lord and that you follow it. How can we understand the will of the Lord? By reading the word of the Lord. The will of the Lord comes through the word of the Lord. What does God want me to do? Well, read the Bible and find out. <laughs> In these last days, did not the apostle preach to the Jews that God hath commanded all men everywhere to repent? Let's start there. What's the will of God? Repent and believe the gospel. Okay, well, we, we read on a little further. And the scripture tells us, Therefore, print your, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, what does that mean? That means that as a living sacrifice, something to be sacrificed over and over and over again, it means we get, give our lives, no matter if we're a pastor or a school teacher or a cop or a librarian or a store clerk at Best Buy, we give our lives in a way we live them and we give them upon the sacrifice uh, in service to Christ in a way that propagates the gospel in a way that brings glory to Christ. Whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And so he says, be wise knowing what the will of the Lord is. Okay, well, can't do that without the word of the Lord. Verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or excess or riotous living, but be filled with the Spirit. So he says, also on this last day, be careful, do not, do not abuse alcohol, do not be drunk, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be filled with something, Paul says, why not be filled with the Holy Spirit? All of these things mesh together. When I study the will of the Lord, excuse me, the word of the Lord, I discover the will of the Lord. When I obey the will of the Lord and submit to the will of the Lord, I am prompted and sustained and motivated to do so and enabled to do so by the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And I am being filled with him because he operates through the word of the Lord. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he encourages us to walk in wisdom and also to be an encouragement to one another. To be an encouragement to one another. And remember, this can be applied to individual Christians, but Paul is writing to a church made up of multiple people. And so we should all walk in the light. We should all walk in wisdom. And we should all encourage each other and praise the Lord together. 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We should hold each other accountable. What's another aspect of wisdom in the life believer? Receiving the correction of a friend. Allowing somebody to correct you. Holding each other accountable. Okay? That's a sign of spiritual maturity. Yes, it is. But at the same time, it's also wise. Uh, the book of Proverbs, in not so many words, but in several verses, tells us that to refuse instruction is foolish. It is foolish to receive, refuse instruction. If you are caught up in a sin or you are um, doing something not right in your life or you know something, and a brother or sister in Christ in your local church comes to you and offers instruction and correction in a spirit of meekness, and it's supported with Scripture, you are foolish to refuse that. Think of it this way as a little illustration. If Michael Jordan... No, let, let, me, let me go another direction. If Larry Bird came to give you advice on how to be a better three-point shooter and you were a basketball player and you know that Larry Bird, uh, the proof is in the pudding because he's one of the best three-point shooters in the world, how stupid would it be to say, you know what, Larry, I've got it. <laughs> I can handle it. it it's, 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 it's foolish to refuse instruction um, or correction. Um, because there is wisdom when you take instruction and correction um, from other brothers and sisters in Christ who are trying to hold you accountable um, and submitting to each other in the fear of God and allowing God to take those things and to conform you into the image of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who's just beating you over the head and judging you, but if somebody comes to you, this has happened to me. I've had... Uh, older Christians, even as a pastor, come to me and say, Pastor, maybe you should consider this because of this. And I could see the love and genuineness and the sincerity in their heart because they did this in private and they did it in a very personal way. Now, and I took it. I took it to heart and I applied it. Now, I could have got mad and said, well who, well, who do you think you are judging me? That would have been foolish. Because what they were doing is, off, is they were holding me accountable. And so I submitted to their advice in the Lord because it was biblical, it was godly, and it was prompted by the Holy Spirit. That is wise to do that. So how do we walk in this wicked world? We should be walking in the light and walking in wisdom. And so I hope that as you look at these several verses from verse 8 to verse 21, that you would see this sage advice but uh, from the Apostle Paul, but understand it's deeper than sage advice. This is inspired of the Holy Ghost. This is the Word of God for the people of God. May we use it for the glory of God. So keep reading in the book of Ephesians. Keep going. Keep pursuing uh, this book, and I wish you the best, and I hope you'll tune in next time. God bless you.